Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Perspective Lens. Uh, this is the second episode of our podcast. Um, I'm your host, Lena, and we're just going to chit-chat for a second because if I don't start off these episodes with like me just talking just to talk, then this whole episode, I'm just going to be like, oh, by the way, my week was like this. And no, we're not doing it. Anyways, so... um. Last week's episode, I feel like everyone pretty much enjoyed it. One thing I will say is that I am being clowned by <laughs> a select few because um, apparently I... Okay, so first of all, if you listen to last episode, you can see I said that in theater class, I was put in the back and <laughs> my teacher told me to go one way and I went the other. And I said that was because I was dyslexic. Um, so apparently what the education system failed to tell me was (laughs) that being dyslexic doesn't mean you don't know how to (laughs) tell direction. So that means I am not only dyslexic, but I am also directionally challenged with a hint of delusional. Y'all, life ain't looking up for me. I'ma just tell I'ma just tell you that right now. Um, but on the other hand, uh I got ding dong ditched by a crackhead. Um, I'm just reading off what I got on my notes, y'all. It was 12 a.m. 12 a.m. I'm putting my stuff away because I just took a shower. I'm about to hit the bed. Why do I hear the loudest thump on my door? Like my downstairs door? Why do I hear the loudest thump like a big behind kid is just playing outside and running? So I'm like, yo, did we just get ding dong ditched? My little sister is downstairs and she done jumped. And my older sister's like, oh, you know, our little sister is downstairs. I was like, oh, oh, yeah, she must have fell or something. I, I don't know. So I put in the family chat. I said, um, are the crackheads like, are, are we being ding dong ditched by a, a crackhead? Yes. My sister goes, oh, my gosh, I, I jumped. That was so scary. That's <laughs> a girl. What? <laughs> I say, yo, they got nothing better to do. So, yeah, um, <laughs> they were so high off a of crack. They could they didn't even know if it was morning or nighttime. So they just decided they were going to play outside. But that was a thing. And then the other day I went strawberry picking. I went with my bestie and then I went with my two other friends who are uh about to be married a lovely lovely couple first of all before i even get into like my experience strawberry picking it the experience itself it was great love the strawberries so sweet now on the other hand my strawberries were a little mushy i don't know why but like the skin was kind of coming off so i just froze them all like i was like i'm not dealing with this so i just froze them and now i'm just like I have so many strawberries and I'm just shoving them into a blender to make a smoothie. Anyways, but yeah, like I said, I want my best friend and then my two friends that are like fiance. They are together. And let me just tell you guys. (laughs) So y'all know how y'all see a couple and you're like, okay, like they work. Yeah, they work. That makes sense. Or you're like, you know, wow, I just know like they're they're both being treated correctly. Y'all, I have never seen someone get treated so well in my entire life. I, I'm in the back seat. I'm feeling like they're a kid. I say, yep, mom and dad, mom and dad and my brother, we all go <laughs> strawberry picking. Like, like just by the way they talk to each other, I can tell they had so much they have so much respect for each other. And I've never been anywhere with the two of them together because I'm friends with her. I've never um like been anywhere with her and her man together so it was just like seeing them together and I've always she always told me like you know if he's not doing this if he's not doing that if he's not doing that do not be with that man never settle Lena because there is a man who will do it she has always told me that and I'm like you know what she must be treating yo she must be getting treated top tier top tier and she in fact is Do you know she did not step into that car until he opened that door and he knew that. So he opened her door and not only did he open her door, he opened my door. My door. Get you a man that treats everyone with respect. 
hat off to him, hat off to her. The way like the way they are together, it was just insane. So I'm picking my strawberries. I'm talking to my best friend. And I'm just like, bruh, me and who? Me and who? And my best friend, I drag him along everywhere. So it don't even matter. He knows. He knows if I'm going somewhere, he got to go somewhere too, period. He's like, <laughs> and it's so funny because last time me and him, we went to like a, a art museum thing. I don't, it wasn't like a museum. It was more like a gallery, but it was, okay. It was like a statue thing outside basically. And you walk around. It was, um, it was like a light show thing. So it was real fun, but <laughs> he goes, Lena, I had a great time. I go, of course, you know, uh, thank you for coming with me. And then he goes, but you need to find a man. <laughs> F you, bro. F you. Because you know I'm trying, bro. Anyways, my best friend is a trip. He's ridiculous. Shout out to him. Speaking of relationships and hard times and, and love and all the good stuff. Let's get into Queen Charlotte. This is what everyone's been waiting for. I know, I know, I know. Okay, I really like the series, if I'm going to be honest. In my opinion, Kate and Anthony's season will always be my favorite. But George and Charlotte, they ate. Like, I feel like not only was George's and Charlotte's storyline beautifully written, but also the other, like, duos and storylines inside of this series they were all like really interesting. You know how sometimes you have like those like extra characters or those extra storylines and you're just like, girl, what? Please skip, skip. I'm not trying to listen to this. That was not the issue in this series and I really enjoyed it. So I'm I'm hyped to be talking about this. Anyways, uh, starting off episode one. So what I wanted to speak about first was... <laughs> <laughs> how um I believe his name is Adolphus Adolphus and um that's Charlotte's brother basically um and they were in the carriage together and I like how they made it feel like an actual sibling relationship instead of being like you know how you see on tv and the siblings are real either real mean to each other or real nice and it's just like that's not even shut up like that's not even real <laughs> Well, I actually like what they did in here because off the rip, she was just being a smart behind. Like, she was just being smart with him. And then he just told her to shut up. Like, that's actually, that's sibling love. And then after that, she was just like, you know, he's trying to convince her to, like, put on her best face, put on her best attitude, just, just be herself a more nicer version. And she's like, you know what? It's, it's whatever. Fine, fine, fine. I'll do it. That's real brotherly and sister love. Um, but he ate, he kind of ate her up. He said, shut up. <laughs> I said, yo, <laughs> yo, oh my gosh. Okay. Um, after that, she's like being inspected by the princess. Her saying that she's too dark. Really? I kind of figured that that's where it was going or trying to, what'd she do? Like try to rub off her mole or her beauty mark or something like that. Girl, please. I want you to look at yourself. Then look at me. Oh, okay then. <laughs> the princess, I cannot stand her. I cannot stand her. The king's mother, she's not it. She's not it at all. And I can name a few things she did that pissed me off this season, but we'll get into that um, when it comes up. Anyways, so the first episode, we have that. And then we also have the scene where Charlotte and George first meet. This scene, just iconic. Iconic. Shadi said, listen, y'all not gonna let me see my man? Then I'm I'm gonna find him myself. And I like how before she even met him, she was like, you know, if he's ugly, I'll just deal with it. Hopefully he has a good personality. <laughs> and that's real. Because one thing about me, listen personality eats every time i'm a, i'm gonna be serious um and yes i do want a man that's attractive of course i want to be able to be like yes that's my man eh. but if i'm being honest i'm gonna do that anyways and i think i have good taste in men yeah i think i do i be eating i be pulling please but this ain't about me this is about charlotte but yes, okay, so she's about to go over the wall. Then George um 
sees her. He's in the garden. He's like, oh, what is this pretty lady doing? Shadi goes, yo, you going to help me come over this wall? What's up? Are you going to help me or not? Um, and then we just, we get a, a picture of his beautiful smile. And I think the reason why all the girls are going crazy over him is because he has such a um, James Franco type of smile. Like the lines and then the teeth. And it's just like, eh. it's like, okay, you ate that. You ate that with that little one-two, one-two smile. I like that. But yeah, so we're introduced to them and they start chatting it up. She soon figures out that he is the future king. That's her man, her man, her man. And she shut up real quick. <laughs> she said, oh, king, that's me for real. I'll be humbled. <laughs> I have been humbled by your presence. Thank you. But the wedding was very cute. I like that she put on her own dress because ain't nobody was wearing that raggedy behind. I don't know what the, that a sheen dress. I don't know what the princess was trying to put her in. But I'm glad that she put on her own stuff because, yeah, uh-uh. The clothing in here is amazing, by the way. Uh, so shout out to the costume department. But y'all, towards the end of the episode, we soon find out that our cute, handsome, amazing, gorgeous Prince George is not so friendly. Well, okay. In his defense, he thought he was doing the right thing by being mean to her and not staying the night with her. Even though they married, he started yelling. One thing's for certain. Two things for sure. When it comes down to me, ain't no man finna yell at me. Period. But, you know, Queen Charlotte, she ate him up too. She said, okay, bet. I'm sorry. You was giving off the, oh, I love you. I want you forever vibe. I'm sorry. I thought you were my man. We're husband and wife. What happened? Why you not spending the night? We ain't even got to do nothing for real. We do not even have to do anything. You want to sleep? We can go sleep. Period. We can get busy the next night. Well, <laughs> let me stop. <laughs> let me stop playing. But no, like you think you just think we're married. You were being nice to me. So now that he's yelling at her, it's like, whoa, that would have caught me off guard. She's stronger than me because I would have gave him the five fingers to the face. You feel me? Like if you're going to act like this, I'm packing my stuff and I'm going home <laughs> and not in any one of the houses you're trying to get me. I'm going home. Right where my brother is. Y'all got me messed up. Lastly, we have this flashback thing going back and forth. The timeline of Bridgerton is what we're flashing forward to. So present day for them. And she's basically telling her kids, why, first of all, 15? They was getting busy. Yo, her and King George were getting busy. Back to what I was saying. So the queen gathered her 15 children because she needs them to produce an heir. and. You know, she wants her, her and the king's legacy to live on. So her first son actually did have a, um, have a child. But, <laughs> but I think the baby died along with the, his partner. So that's where her famous line, sorrows, sorrows, prayers, comes in. And <laughs> just thinking about the way he cried, bro was weeping. He was weeping. And she goes, sorrows, sorrows. <laughs> what? thank you mother like okay um like why did he cry like that low-key <laughs> that'd be me though <laughs> let me shut up because that'd be me low-key so I really I liked episode one I think it was a good um like starting ground for the rest of the series and I think they did amazing episode two we have um Miss Charlotte Miss Queen Charlotte she's in the house by herself eating meals well actually not by herself she's with like a trillion other people just watching her eat with that long behind table I, I don't know she's stronger than me I'll say that because I barely even like one person watching me eat to have 30 heads in there I promise you they probably didn't even eat all that food on the table and they're watching you eat nah like I'm not <laughs> I'm not doing this. I'm I'm really not doing this right now. But what I like about those scenes where she was by herself is they really made it awkward and they made it seem like, yeah, they emphasized on her being alone. Like there can be a million other people in the room with her, but she's still going to feel alone. She's wandering the halls 
um some dude just following her all the time she's not used to that so she can't even pick her own damn orange what's going on i just want some orange juice extra pulp i just like why can't i do that for myself and yes to some people that may seem like a luxury but for her she don't want everyone around all she want is her man me too sis where's mine at like i want my man too anyways but i'm not gonna lie sometimes that plate did look finger looking good but eventually later on in the episode she does pull up (laughs) pull up pull up pull up pull up on me just like summer walker said she pulled up she did not come to play um i like the speech or like the monologue that they um gave to her because it was so good. Basically, to sum it up, she said um, that she rather argue with him and him argue with her than them not speaking at all. Um, and I feel like that's so real and that's so true. And a lot of people can relate to that because it's like, I don't know what's going on right now. I'm clueless to why you're not speaking to me. But since we're here right now, I'm going to need you to say something, even if it's you yelling at me, even if it's you being mad at me or being smart, like, I'm going to need, I'd rather you argue with me than us not say nothing at all. And, you know, when it gets to that point, y'all need to really look at y'all relationship. But in this sense, in this scene, it, it, it was amazing. That just shows how far she goes to make sure he feels heard. But not only does she want him to be heard, she wants herself to be heard. She she just wants communication. Y'all, all we want as women and as human beings is communication. Stop with the ghosting. Stop with the corny stuff. Just speak. Like, I'm trying to talk to you. I want to make sure you're good. Why can't we just, like, why can't you speak? I, I'm so confused. Um, but, yeah, I related to that scene. I know some of y'all did. So, um, episode three and four. Oh, well, hold on, hold on. Episode three and four was a lot of sexual a little a little sexual tension uh uh episode three is where they basically they get together but they're like not speaking to each other they're just y'all they're rumping they gain into it every other every even day they rumping amen and hallelujah they are a married couple they can do as they please uh <laughs> she said even day he said even day and they got to it every other day. Y'all, this is a TV show. Please don't start doing this with your man or your lady. When y'all mad, just even date? No, no. We we fixing it right now. And I'm, bro, I promise you, they probably went months and months and months with doing that. How are you? No, I'm sorry. I can't just get it on with you for like however long and then just not talk to you. No, like, I'm not doing that. That's crazy. That's ridiculous. That's what got me watching it. I said, ooh, uh-uh. But it was a lot of sexual tension. You could tell by, you know, the scenes that they loved each other. It was just hard to really talk about what was going on. But I did like, and towards the end of episode three, Lady Danbury. Now, Lady Danbury, she ate. I love what they did with her character and um, how they explained her backstory. It just, wow, that was that, that was the icing on the cake. I think I, I think I honestly liked her storyline a little bit more than Queen Charlotte and George. Don't, don't beat me up. Don't beat me up. I just feel like I really like what they did. Like, it was just so interesting. And then she's just like, city girls up for real. <laughs> I'm playing. But um, <laughs> she said, I'm a ride like a rodeo. <laughs> they so funny. No, no. Nah, but um, I love Lady Danbury. Like, she's just, wow. She's everything. Um, But towards the end of episode three, um, Queen Charlotte was just... She was just stalking her man. How you, you know something's wrong when you got to stalk your man. So she's just peeking through the window and she's like, why my man is just there looking mad good farming and just not speaking to me. Like, I know she was pissed. And Lady Danbury was like, girl, 
you're a queen. You're not this little behind girl. Why are you waiting for a man? Like, boss up for real, for real. She ain't say those words exactly, but she meant it. She, that's basically the summary of what she said. <laughs> um, And guess what Queen Charlotte did? She bossed up immediately. What she did was she went to her man and she talked to him immediately. So um, they was in the bed. She turned over. She said, babe, listen, I, I'm not just trying to see you on the even days. I'm trying to see you on the odd days, the weekdays, the weekends. Every single day, I'm trying to see you. I want you to understand that you are heard and I choose you and I understand you. I just want it to be all good between us. And bro, I like this series really just teaches you so much about communi- communication and like it really helped me see that I need someone who can communicate that well because Miss Queen Charlotte A and I see a lot of myself in her because honestly I do try my best to make sure the people that are around me feel chosen and feel loved. Or like if I'm talking to somebody romantically, I would never, never want them to feel like I don't hear them. I would always want them to communicate, but it seems like no one really, either they just get sassy with me or they just, after I'm like, hey, like if this is too much for you, please just tell me. And then they're just like, oh, she wants me to tell her if this is too much. What? Let's, let me just ghost her. Like, yeah. That's basically how it goes. And it's like, y'all y'all be saying y'all grown men, but y'all not really for real. Y'all don't mean that. Y'all are little boys. So everybody, a man, woman, anything in between, get you a partner who knows how to communicate and who will want to go that extra mile for you. I would do that for someone else. I just want somebody to do that for me. And that is just, that's just, that's just how it is. Communication is key and will always be key. So after that, the episodes following, we really do get into why King George is the way he is, um, what's happening with him, and why he's not talking to the queen. Basically, it's because he has a mental illness um, where he, what would you call it, like dementia? I, I have no clue, actually. I don't know why I didn't look that up. Uh, but he has a mental illness where he tends to forget things and then he... Um, Maybe it's like some like acute schizophrenia also because he was like talking to the moon and like he's like thinking he's other places where he's not. So, yeah, that's what's happening with him. Basically, it showed you the episode again, but from his viewpoint. So we saw them arguing. We saw them rumping. We saw them, you know, we saw his side of everything. He was trying to better himself and cure his illness so he could like be with her fully as just farmer George instead of King George. Um, but he wanted to get his mind right and he couldn't do that because him focusing on her and him focusing on his mental health was just, I guess, a lot for him. Um, so he hired like all these doctors to, um, I guess, torture some sense into him. Like I have no clue. And this is back in the day. So they don't really have a cure or like the right treatment to help him. So that's basically why he wasn't trying to talk to her because I guess he was scared that some he would do something to her or she would think he's crazy. And he just wants to be known as regular George, not King George with a mental illness. He, you know, so I think that's that's beautiful. Now, did I need to see the whole episode again just for me to get that? No, but I, I do think it was crucial to the series. I I didn't mind it as much. So we see King George's point of view and I get it, but it's also like, damn, bae, you can't just tell me what's going on. I'd rather someone just tell me straight up, hey, Lena, I'm going through this, man. I'm mentally ill. And I'll be like, damn, that's real. That's real. I understand. And it's, but you know, I understand the drama. I get it. It's a series. We're doing it for the drama. Amen and hallelujah. Next is episode five. We have um <laughs> we have Miss Lady Danbury and Violet admitting to want to be more lively and wanting to be gardened again. <laughs> Which is so real for them. I'm gonna be honest, I love that conversation. They were just in the art museum or like uh 
I think it was probably just the museum, whatever, in general. And so they're in the museum and they're walking around and she's just talking freely about wanting to be gardened again. And that can mean many things. Either she wants to start getting in again or she just wants to find someone who will pursue her again. She wants love. And honestly, don't we all? <laughs> don't we all? Um, and I, like they have the right to feel that way. Um, they've been through so much and they've healed from their past relationships and situationships, um, according to Lady Dean Burry. And, you know, they've grown from losing their partners. So it, it's about time, you know, either being loved by someone else or being loved, um, just loving themselves fully is, is something that they're yearning. And I think that was really, really neat to add in. Lady Danbury and Violet are like a dynamic duo. Um, but let's talk about the elephant in the room. Um, why? <laughs> why did La- why did Lady Danbury's man have to die like that? I. Bro couldn't take it. Too much motion. He couldn't take it. And that's insane. Like, yo, yo. (laughs) Bro could not take the heat. And he passed out and he died. If you didn't watch Queen Charlotte, I'm sorry. I've been talking for, I've been talking about it for about 20 minutes now. Like, you should already know to stop it. But yes, her, Lady Danbury is widowed. Her man died. Um. Yeah, that's enough said. Um, and I just think it that was iconic because it's like whoa, but it's also like, damn, like is she? How is she not traumatized? But then again, you know she's been waiting her whole life for this old man to just pass. And I feel like, to be honest, I feel like she did have a sense, like she cared for him as a human being. But did she love him? No. He is the father of her kids, but like. To a lot of people, that really doesn't mean anything. And like she said, um, she felt like since she was younger, she's known him since she was like basically born. So she was, quote unquote, made for him, which I, I hate to say that. But like, that's how they made it seem like that she was made for him. And she's never known any other man or any other way of living except for him. Like who she is, is all of what he is. There's no in between. So I, I I was happy that she got out of that situation. I like how they showed her also struggling because without him, she essentially does not know who she is. In his death, she has to find out who she is as a mother, um, also as just an independent woman trying to juggle business and, and finance and and the society's view on her. And then now the the black people that just got like um I guess they all got titles. Um, they're depending on her. Like they, it's just a lot of back and forth. Just because she is also on the queen's court, I believe that's what it's called. Um, so she's the, their closest link to the queen. So they're depending on her. It's just a whole lot that she's battling right now. And she's a strong woman. Let me tell you, she she ate it up. So amazing, so amazing. I loved her story so much. So that was basically. Um, episode four and five and then six the very last episode um I liked episode six in general basically Charlotte she she's just the realist bruh Charlotte is the realist always and forever uh she goes up to George and she basically tells him I'm not leaving until you tell me to leave but if you want me to stay you better tell me you love me point period blank she laid it out simple simple like yo that's communication once again she is a grade a communicator like she's just so good and then she goes on to say that even if he does like want her to go she will always love like love him and respect him um and she'll leave if he wants her to but if he doesn't say so she finna stay and she gonna fight for him but I think a lot of people can relate to this again just because it's like for me, it takes a lot to not care or love someone. So once I have like feelings or like care established for someone, it's like 
we're doing this together. I'm a very like, I'll stick with you, but you got to give me something. You got to work with me, bruh. I'm not about to stay here and then be patient this whole time. And then you keep treating me like trash. So it's like, do you want me to stay or do you not? Like, and answer answer it truthfully. Because if not, I will go. But if you do, you, you're going to have to work with me. Because I'm really going to try. And I, I respect that about myself. And I respect that about Miss Queen Charlotte. And it's like, even if you do, if I ask someone, hey, is this working? Do you want... Do you want us to keep doing this or or not? And they say, actually, Lena, it's not working. I'm not feeling this. I would like for you to go. I would, I, yo, mad respect to you. Like, thank you for saying that. I respect you. Um, we don't got to talk no more. I'm out the way. It's good. Like, mad respect for, for knowing what you want and being grown enough to have that conversation. But when people just leave and without saying nothing or like, just because they simply, that's how they know how to communicate. It's like, that's not fair. That's not fair to yourself. And that's not fair to me. Now I lack respect for you. And I, that's not what I never wanted that in the first place. So I, I just, I love the communication. I love seeing them interact and seeing him just like freeze up and like just in awe of her telling him this because She's just so real and she's just a, a ride or die. And I, I love that so much. So and then and then he does his big speech. Shadi said, I will stand with you between the heavens and the earth. I will tell you where you are. Uh, boom, 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 boom. Just straight heat, bro. She was dropping straight heat. She said, do you love me? Do you love me? He said, I love you. <laughs> Yo, as soon as he said, I love you. It was raps. I was done. I flew to the floor. Tears. I weeped. It it was too much. It was too much for me. It was too good. The timing was just perfect. That I love you. Bro, that's all anyone wants to hear for real. You love me? Bet. It's up and it's stuck. And then bro just started stumbling on his words. He said, from the, mo- from the moment I saw you trying to jump over that wall. Oh, it was just so good. It was so good. I it's pure romance. That's ugh, pure romance. Y'all, the men in Bridgerton and Queen Charlotte, they're they're written by a woman. That's why it's so much romance and so much just love and and so much good drama. Not just sex, but good drama. And the sex actually makes sense, okay? They're not just throwing it in there for funsies. Even though season one, it was a lot of rumping, a lot of uh-uh, it still fit the storyline. Now, does every scene, every series on Earth need a sex scene? No. But I feel like she definitely chooses the appropriate timing. It's not just like a euphoria type thing. Sorry to those who love euphoria. Um, we could save that chat for when I talk about the idol. Anywho, but yeah, like these characters, these men in the Bridgerton uh, Queen Charlotte series is just, they're written by women. So it's just always going to be such pure, beautiful romance. I, I don't I don't know what to tell y'all. It's just so good. But yeah, and then also um, in this episode, we have, <laughs> we find out, I believe it was like probably a few episodes down where we find out that uh, Lady Danbury and Violet, if you guys know who Daphne is in season uh, season one, or Anthony, they're siblings, and their mom is named Violet. Her and Lady Danbury are very close. I believe they've known each other since um, Violet was a child. But <clears throat> Violet's father, here's the tea, y'all. Tune in, tune in, here's the tea. Violet's father was down with the brown. If you get what I'm saying, he wanted himself some some dark skin love. Um, he wanted to. I I believe foolhardily, Lady Danbury and uh, Violet's father, they would have ate. They would have ate. I know it's another it's another biracial couple, but look. He, the way he talked about her, even to Violet, making her that flower crown, yo, 
that would have set me over an edge. Are you handmade me a crown, a paper crown? Come here so I could give you a kiss, bro. Are you serious? Oh my goodness. I, I don't think you guys understand how beautiful that is. Like, it's just so cute and it's like an innocent romance. And I'm just so upset that it didn't go anywhere, but I understand why it didn't. Like, it makes sense, but I'm still very upset. But Violet um finds out, talking to Lady Danbury, that Lady Danbury had a love after her late husband passed. And she was like, who is it? Like, who is it? And she goes on to say that it was Adolphus. I, th- I hope I'm saying his name right. Um, and that would be Queen Charlotte's brother. Um, who, by the way, yo, if she wasn't such a boss queen by herself, um, I'm talking about Lady Danbury, if she wasn't such a boss by herself, I would love them together. Like, if she can't be with Violet's dad, be with Adolphus. Like, he slayed. Uh, I think he was, like, just so handsome and he wanted to court her. But I do get her points in not marrying him and telling him no. Um, She's strong for telling him no. For real. I would have failed to my knees. <laughs> yes, yes, I can't. Like, I'm going to cry. Just put the ring on the finger immediately. I would have failed to my knees. Um, but for her, I understand her reasoning and you could tell like it messed her up to say no, like it upset her, but she got over it real quick. She's, I mean, she's just a boss period. But, uh, the whole kid thing, I understand she didn't want to have no more kids and he did have some like, uh, oh, you, you know, you'll be taking care of the kids type thing. Eh, I don't really know if I would like those conditions. We could work on it once we get married though, King. Hugs and kisses. But I understand her reasoning 1,000%. Um, but back to Violet's dad and Lady Danbury. So, yes, they had a fling. Um, it was so cute, so innocent. Um, but he was still married to Violet's mother, who was a racist. So the dad was down with the brown. The mom was not. Violet was a daddy's girl. So she was for anybody and everybody. She loved everyone, no matter what they looked like. They um, they flash forward. Basically showing Violet, all grown up now, of course, and Lady Danbury as an older lady. And their friendship, you know, they're talking about wanting to be pursued, wanting to be gardened once more. And uh, basically Violet goes over to Lady Danbury's house, I believe, and finds the little paper crown. And she's like, wait, (laughs) me and my dad used to make those. And I remember that one specifically because he said it was for a friend. What friend? How'd you get that, girl? Wow. Why would the why would that friend give you that crown? You know? And then she put two and two together and she was like, yo, you was you was going to pound town with my dad? And I can understand if she was angry about that because it's like, yo, my dad was still with my mom. But I feel like she actually didn't really care. She just wanted to know if it was true or not. And that's valid. Like, that's my dad. I wanna know what's up. So then she <laughs> Violet ate with this one. So basically, she puts all the crowns that her and her dad made on display. And then she invites Lady Danbury over. And she's like, oh, you know, you know, just showing off my display of paper crowns. And Lady Danbury just stands there. (laughs) I know she was probably like, damn, she ate me up low key. (laughs) She ate me up. Just just that little one, two, one, two. She kind of ate me up. Um. And she sat there and she was just like, yo, love the crowns, queen. Like, you ate. And they sat down and they just looked at each other. And that was that. Like, they had, I feel like they had an understanding of what each other, like, what they were both trying to get at without speaking too much. Like, they understood each other. And I feel like for that, that is going to make their friendship so much stronger. And I and I just loved it. I loved it so much. Possibly my favorite duo of the whole series. Now, um, there was also Brimsley and um, what was his name? And Re- Reynolds. So um, Brimsley was Queen Charlotte's um, like right-hand man basically so he would do everything uh he would go everywhere with her and if she needed something she'll 
he'll get someone to do it for him. And the king had one as well. And his name was Reynolds. Now, Brimsley and Reynolds are like sneaky links, I guess. <laughs> That's the best term I I have at the moment. But they're basically like sneaky links and they would help each other occasionally. I feel like Brimsley is uh, has like a, a deeper love and a deeper care for Reynolds than Reynolds does Brimsley but I feel like it's just because Reynolds kind of closed off in a sense and like he's protecting the king so he kind of has to be but I feel like um they did not have to do that whole little dancing scene with them together and then flash forward to Brimsley just by himself dancing what happened to Reynolds what happened to Reynolds somebody answer me immediately what happened to Reynolds I feel so bad and then Queen Charlotte um present like a uh, Bridgerton timeline asked Brimsley like yo have you like have you ever had a family have you ever found love and he's like girl I'm here with you all day like what it look like basically <laughs> like does it look like I found love please queen let's be for real um <laughs> I found that sad but it was funny like it was like damn he ain't found no love I, but I really want to know what happened to Reynolds. Like, I, I genuinely, I liked his character, even though he kind of pissed me off. Not, like, he wasn't, he wasn't fast enough trying to save the king, if I'm going to be honest. Um, but he did what he can. So that's, I understand it. And then lastly, one of her kids finally had that damn baby. Um, the queen's relationship with the kids, with her kids, not good. I, I don't like that they did that, but... I can understand why it happened the way it did. Um, basically, they were just telling her, like, stop forcing us to have kids because we're just we just haven't found our own partners yet. And then you're she forced them to marry someone. Um, I think it was her two oldest sons. She forced them to marry. And um, one of her sons came up to her and was like, Mom, I, I'm not going to I'm not going to lie. I'm a little scared. And she gave him the best advice. Basically, she said, love is not just a feeling. It is a choice. You are going to marry her. You have to choose to love her. You have to choose to stick by her side no matter what. It does not matter if you guys do not agree on most things. Your job is to protect her and choose her. Period. End of the story. And I feel like that, that, like, the love advice in this series was just so good. Um, And it was so real. Like, yo, you're real for that. You're real. Because it really is, it really is a choice. I'm choosing to love you. I, I choose you. Simple. No matter what happens, I'm sticking beside you. And that's just, it was just really good. And it eased him. um, And he was able to marry her without without so much fear in his heart of letting her down or letting his wife down. But yeah, they finally had that damn baby. <laughs> I know she was hype, yo. And talking about kids and stuff like that, Lady Danbury's um son was so adorable. He was so adorable. And I know he's just going to grow up to be like the sweetest man ever. Um and I feel like she would have been a cool stepmom to Violet. But that's none of my business, is it? Um, <laughs> and last but not least, the end of episode six, we have the scene where um, Queen Charlotte is going to tell King George that they're going to be grandparents, basically. Um, their kid is having a kid. They grandparents, grandmammy and grandpappy, two peas in a pod. Um, so she's going to look for him and she finds him. She finds him uh, standing, I believe. And then to ease him, she goes under the bed. Then he goes under the bed and basically they're talking. Um, he's still in kind of like a frantic, crazy state of mind, but she's still talking to him like, hey, George, we're going to be grandparents. Like our kids are having kids. Your legacy will live on. And um, it was just a really cute moment. And then he goes, you didn't go over the wall. It was just it was just so beautiful because it's like because it's like he doesn't remember much of anything. But he remembers that moment where she chose him and that she did not go over that wall. 
And so she's like kind of tearing up. He's just living life under the bed, um, hiding from the heavens. It was just, it was so beautiful. And then they kind of did like a, a back and forth thing. So younger Charlotte with older George and then um, younger George with older Charlotte. And it was kind of like them mirroring each other um, as a young couple and then as an older couple. And it was just like, whoever wrote that, Miss Shonda, I'm looking at you, eight. And that was basically the end of the series. Um, I, I talked so much. I <laughs> I talked so much. I need a sip of water, low-key. <laughs> but anyways, so yeah, those were um, basically the notes that I wrote down for the episode, some things that I noticed, but also the music. You guys, y'all know I can't skip no music. Um, as soon as I heard the instrumental of Halo, yeah, it was up. I sing every lyric. Halo, hey. I'm not going to sing it right now, but y'all know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> but um, if you guys didn't know, they also played um, If I Ain't Got You by Alicia Keys. Um, they played uh, Deja Vu and Run the World by Beyonce. So, like, a lot of Beyonce in here. Um, nobody, nobody Gets Me by SZA. Bro, when that started playing, I actually cried. Because that song is just so beautiful. I love it so much. Um, I literally went over to my friend's house yesterday and was it yesterday? I don't know. I went over to my friend's house and all of us were there and like she played that and I just started singing my heart out. I, I can't. I love that song so much. Um, SZA, you you did the thing. Like it's just so real. I don't wanna see you with anyone but me. Nobody gets me but you. Are you serious? Yeah, no 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 eight um and then we also have i will always love you by miss whitney houston so basically just a bunch of black excellence everyone on this list that had an instrumental was black a whole bunch of excellence gotta love my people bro um and i like that they did that actually because the the first black queen y'all better know y'all better stand up yeah um, but the man who did the scores for um, season one and two of Bridgerton also hopped on to uh, the Queen Charlotte series. And his name is Chris Bowers. So if y'all ever meet him, tell him I said thank you kindly. He ate. Another thing that they were they were kind of like going crazy over on TikTok and like YouTube from what I saw was the clothing. So um, what I learned from TikTok was that basically. The queen, she wears like a a Georgian era clothing while um, everyone has moved on to a more like simplistic fashion sense in the, I think it's Regency, I don't know, whatever era they're in right now. Because she wants George to feel like at least one thing will always be the same, which is her and the way she dresses. So when she's talking to him, he's going to notice like, oh, that's my queen. That's my, that's my Charlotte. And I, guys romance she just always thinks of him and it's just so like bro she didn't want him to be uncomfortable so she said listen i'll put on my my sunday's best for you babe sunday's best every day and it's just so amazing so um she just wears these big extravagant gowns and not to say that the bridgerton era like not that they don't have anything beautiful but it's a little bit more toned down and simplistic but um i'd say a little bit more fun. I don't know. A little bit more fun. A little bit more color. Um, but I love the way the queen dresses. Like, she just eats every single time. So I, I think it was just like a sweet, like a sweet touch to the series. And um, and it just like solidified what we already knew, which is she loves herself some King George and would do anything to make him feel eased in his mind. Um, but yeah, um, my favorite seasons in general in the like Bridgerton and Queen Charlotte world would have to be season two. Like it just made me feel like every emotion you could possibly think of in every episode. Um, Kate and Anthony, once again, favorite couple. I, I can't I, I can't even speak like they they just blow me away. I feel like they would be the best couple with kids out of um, Simon, Daphne, or King George and uh, Charlotte. Kate and Anthony, 
best personalities. Um, I feel like Anthony would be a great father. And I feel like Kate would pay attention to their kids like 24-7. So, And he definitely cleaned himself up from season one. Because season one, he had me all the way messed up. But season two, he got it together. He said, I got a woman right in front of me. Yeah, it's up. I just feel like their their love story was so beautifully written. And it was very passionate and intense. And, like, every episode, I was just, like, pissed, angry, happy, floating, kicking my feet, being like, ooh. It was just, it was just amazing. But now, if we're talking about eye candy, Anthony, he is eye candy. But let me tell you about... The first dude, Simon. I think I really hope that's his name. Is that his name? I just feel like Simon ate the house down. He was so handsome. Like, uh, I don't know. I liked it a lot. Even though season one is not my favorite season, just because I feel like Simon was definitely like, um, uh, I, I didn't really like, I didn't really like the character because I felt like he was like a player, but also Anthony was a player in season one, but he changed up his act. And I feel like he treats women better than Simon ever will. Just a little, I'm just putting that out there. Um, but then we have George, um, I candy once again, he has that James Franco smile. So I, I will say I candy Simon is that's my baby right there. Then it's between George, between George and Anthony. I can't pick. Anyways, sadly, that is the end of our Bridgerton episode. I know, I know. <laughs> don't cry. Don't uh please don't don't cry. Um <laughs> I will be back next week. Pretty sure I will be talking about the idol and maybe some music on top of that. But if you have not watched the idol, I believe there's one episode up right now. It's starring The Weeknd and Lily Rose Depp and a bunch of other cool people. I haven't heard the best reviews on it. Um, and my friend literally asked me, Lena, can you watch it so I can understand what's happening? So I'm going to go do that. Thank you guys so much for listening to Perspective Lens. Once again, my name is Lena, and I am out.